Hey everybody, welcome to episode 10 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and I'm really excited this week. Episode 10, first double-digit episode. Uh, I've got a great guest this week in Michelle Holmes, who is the Director of Instruction with Michelle Holmes School of Golf. She's super passionate about the junior golf space. Uh, She's really passionate about not only teaching juniors, but really helping their families navigate this space, um, learn how to be a good parent to a junior golfer. She's got a really impressive resume. She is a top 50 U.S. Kids instructor. Uh, She's a U.S. Kids Golf Master Professional. Uh, She's also an LPGA Teaching Professional Class A. Uh, You guys are really going to enjoy this chat that I had with Michelle. Um, And if you do enjoy it, like I think you will, please share it. Uh, please put it out there so other people can hear it. Um, really looking forward to jumping in with my talk with Michelle. So sit tight. I'll be right back with Michelle Holmes. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, I'm really excited for today. Uh, today I have a special guest joining us, Michelle Holmes, who is the Director of Instruction at Michelle Holmes School of Golf. Michelle, how's it going? Pretty good. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. Um, just want to kind of jump in and, you know, start bringing some value to the audience. Um, you may or may not know, I started this podcast really just to keep in mind uh, junior golfers and their families who are navigating what I consider a pretty tricky space with junior golf. There's a lot going on. Um, so I started this to bring on folks that I think are experts in the field in different areas and, you know, want to bring some value to them just about the junior golf space. So can you talk a little bit about just your background growing up as a young player and kind of where you are now and what led you to get there? Yes. So I am, you can probably hear the accent from Ireland. And um, so I grew up playing junior golf and um, back home in Ireland um, had quite a good junior career, played international golf, and then was lucky enough to get a sports scholarship to Campbell University. Um, and I played four years of college golf there. And um, once I finished college, I decided, well, actually, I rewind. I always knew I wanted to be um, a golf coach. So as soon as I finished college, I um, entered the LPGA and became a teaching professional. And um, I guess my passion always, I always wanted to teach kids. If I wasn't a golf coach, I um, would have been an elementary school teacher. But I guess my passion has always really been in not just helping the child, but coaching the whole family, the whole experience for the child. And the mission of our golf school is to create experiences that encourage kids to play the game forever. So I really feel like I play a big role in coaching parents and kids. Okay, awesome. And so can you expand on that a little bit further? Because I know you've got a golf school and you've got multiple locations, I believe. So just outside of the game of golf, what are you teaching these these young kids and their families? Yeah, um, so we have three locations here in Virginia. Um, but I think probably the biggest thing I'm trying to tackle is helping the parent 
in their role of being a parent, being a coach, and being a caddy and teammate to the child. Like, that's a really hard role that that parent plays. Like, it's a much harder role than I play as a coach. And sure. You, you think of, you know, when I look at one of my students, you know, I might see them for two half-hour sessions a week, right? But if they're a pretty competitive player, they're probably spending another 15 hours a week with who? Their parents. Right. Um, so that parent has a, has a challenging role of trying to figure out when to be a parent, when to be the coach, and how to help their child practice effectively, and, you know, how to put their coach hat on then when to take that off and you know while you're on the golf course caddying for your child potentially how to be the best teammate out there for your child Hmm. that's interesting so I mean can you talk through the process a little bit of um I mean do you have something structured where you actually take the parents through and you know Um, or is it kind of case by case it's case by case for sure but the one thing you know, the, you know, when I think back to when I was a younger coach, I just thought everyone wanted to be the next Tiger Woods, you know. I thought every, I just presumed everyone wanted to be the best golfer in the world. But then I realized, no, not everyone wants that from the game. Some people do, and some people just want to use this sport as an extracurricular activity. So one thing I try and do is have continuous meetings with my parents. So once you're coming into our program, I sit down with the parent and child and try to figure out what the goals are, what the expectations are. And just try to make sure everyone's on the same page. And we try to, you know, have those meetings probably probably once a year with a more competitive student, maybe even more. Um, but we're just trying to always make sure that the child, the parent, and the coach are always on the one plan. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that sometimes, you know, I was in the academy world for a little while, and I think sometimes – you know, the, the coach has something in mind that they're, you know, pushing for, for the player, the player maybe has something a little bit different in mind. And then the parent, you know, has something even different in mind than the coach or the player. So I think that bringing all of those together, you know, can make a a really good team, but it's got to be tackled, you know, head on. Yeah. I can't think of too many meetings where I sat down and and we were all on the one page. (laughs) I think of a lot of meetings we sat down and realized we're all on the opposite pages and we need to figure out how we get it on the one page. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, can you talk through some of those challenges? Like what are some of the common themes that you see with like where parents are taking, you know, their thoughts and where the kids are taking theirs? Well, usually with a younger child and, you know, especially a younger child who's quite talented Usually the parent is seeing, you know, LPGA tour, PGA tour signs. Right. And, you, and usually the child is absolutely clueless to this. You know, especially I deal with a lot of good juniors that are maybe seven, eight, nine years old. And they're just kids that are still out just playing a sport. Sure. You know, I mean, some of, some of the kids, you know, playing golf, it may as well be just out playing in the street with their friends. I mean, it's just a game to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes us coaches and parents can kind of say, you know, we can see the talent signs. And we can kind of get ahead of ourselves. So, um, yes, we want, you know, we, we want the child to be successful. We want to, you know, show them, you know, that they, they, they can do this. And we want to give them the motivation. But we want to make sure that we're giving them all those tools, not just presuming they have them and expecting it of them. Right, right. You know, so it goes back to, you know, small goals and um, giving the child something to work towards. And, um, you know, you know, let, you know, going at the child's pace, but giving them that motivation along the way. Sure. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I want to pivot a little bit, um, still down a similar lane, but talk a little bit about the mental game. I just want to read something real quick that you posted because I just I think that it's super important. I think you put it up on Twitter or actually I'm reading it on Instagram right now. Um, but it's something you put up. It says, before today, today's tournament, remember how your child performs at this age has no bearing on their future. How you react to your child's performance has every bearing I promise there will be no college scholarships handed out today. Our goal is to give them an experience worth falling in love with. When they fall in, well, when they love something, they will work for it. Be the calm in their game. Don't be the chaos. We are trying to raise strong-minded athletes. If you freak out, they learn to do the same thing. Arrive as a happy family. Leave as the same happy family. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the biggest issue I see Let's go back to when the parent has to be the caddy. The way I try and put it to them is, you know, especially if you have a young child, you are their mental game. You know, if you have a child, if you're caddying for a child who's eight, nine, ten years old, you're a huge part of their mental game. And you're their teammate out there. You're 50% of the game out there. So as I always say to them, look at just because your teammate hasn't showed up today, like maybe your child isn't playing the best, that means you have to be at your best, right? Sure. any sport you know basketball court whatever if your teammates not having a great day you have to have a great day but unfortunately right. in golf sometimes when we see the kid not have a great day we see mom dad or whoever's on the bag having a little bit of a meltdown too hmm. so i try to put it to them that way like you're their teammate out there and when they're having a rough day that's that's when you need to bring it most i mean yeah. anyone can be a good caddy on a day when a child is playing well sure and the other thing I try to say to them is, yes, we are trying to raise strong-minded athletes. And if they see you freak out, I mean, kids kids learn from watching. So if right. you're freaking out on every bad shot, you know, five years from now, you're going to end up with a teenager who's doing the same thing. And you're going to be looking at me, asking me, you know, why are they doing this? Well, yeah. they learned it from somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's such a tough part of the game. I don't, I don't care what level you're at, right? I mean, the mental game is just something that just takes constant focus and, you know, you got to continue to work on it. And the building blocks, in my opinion, I think you would agree, are set at such a young age. Um, so if we can help parents, you know, understand more about the right ways to approach, you know, so can you kind of go into that? Like, so let's say, like you said, it's easy to be a good cheerleader, you know, when somebody's hitting the ball well and, and scoring and playing well in a tournament. But when they're not, what does a parent do when they're out there with them? Well, just going back to something I talk a lot about is golfers, you know, junior golfers need to be able to play without fear. Okay. And when I say fear, I mean, golf is a sport where you, you might be out there for four hours and you're swinging for two minutes. Right. Okay. So then you've got three hours and 58 minutes of listening to mom and dad, whatever they're saying. Absolutely. So your self-talk becomes whatever they're saying to you, right? Yeah. So um, it's different to other sports. You know, when you're playing basketball, tennis, you're just reacting and you're on the go. And yeah, the parents are sh you know, shouting from the sidelines, but the, the child really isn't registering in those sports. Right. Whereas in golf, you can, you can be sure it's registering what the parents are saying from the, you know, from the caddy position. So you know, we all know that golf is a game. You you have to have a strong forward thinking mind, 
So I'm all, I always tell parents, I mean, the greatest gift you can give your child is the ability to play this game without fear of repercussions, you know, about fear of what mom or dad are going to say as soon as I hit the bad shot, a fear of the car ride home. Um, you know, I think that's a huge, you know, a huge thing the parents need to realize. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know if you saw recently. Well, actually, Danielle Kang won this weekend, I believe, didn't she? Um, yes, she did. Yeah. And there was something interesting. I actually posted it on LinkedIn last week, I believe, where she dates uh, Maverick McNeely, who just earned his PGA Tour card. Uh, there was an yeah. article that came out in golf.com uh, where Danielle gave him three tips, basically going into – he shot his single lowest round on tour yet uh, a couple of weeks ago after she said, I want you just to focus on three things. And number one was – don't look at any leaderboards. Obviously, in junior golf, there's not a whole lot of leaderboards out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but parents are refreshing on their phones nowadays, right? You know, they know kind of where everybody stands if they've got live scoring at different events like that. Yes. So that was something that I thought was interesting. Um, the second thing that she told him was to give his full attention and focus just to every single shot. And, you know, his feedback was he thought he did it 95% of the time. Um you know, which was pretty positive. Um, And then the third was just to focus, no matter what the shot outcome was, just focus on two positives after every single shot. So, I mean, are those some things that you agree with in terms of the mental side and and reinforcement? Yes, I love that. And one thing I try and do with my players or my players and caddies, if they're still young enough to have a caddy out there, is I try to um, use a mental cue. So, Let's say you're out there for four hours with your 10-year-old. Well, the 10-year-old can't focus for four four hours. None of us can focus for four hours straight. I think it's, um, I think cues are important. When I was in college, my cue always was, you know, I carried my bag. So as soon as I felt the bag straps leave my shoulders, that was my cue to really focus in on the shot that I was about to hit. And then... When I hit that shot, if it was a good shot or a bad shot, I could get as happy or as mad as I wanted. Okay, I gave myself that moment to be mad, mad or be happy, excited, whatever the shot was. But as soon as I felt the bag straps hit my shoulders again, that was my cue to say, "Okay, forget about it. You got to forget about golf or the, you know, as you as you walk up the fairway." And I know some people think it might sound all oh, that never is never going to work, and it didn't work right away. But after sticking to that routine and going through that process, probably after a few rounds of golf, it's, you know, it, it started kicking in. Yeah. So I always try and do what my parents is, um, you know, especially the ones that are caddying, you know, let, we're always telling kids, don't be mad, don't be thinking this way, but they can't help the way they feel, you know, if sure. they shot, they can't help it. Right. So I always say, let, let, give them that moment to feel it. But maybe tell them, okay, all right, we've got five steps. Once we take five steps after our shot, that's when we got to let it go. And that's when mom and dad have to let it go too. Like they mm. got to be in this process too. It's no good if the child is trying to let it go and mom and dad are still harping on about what they should have done right or wrong, you know? Right, right. So yeah, for sure. I, I think um, that's a huge key. Again, you're probably realizing from this now is I teach a lot. I'm dealing with a lot of younger kids. And right. So it usually is when, you know, there is a caddy on the bag. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it, it holds true at any level, though. Right. I mean, but specifically with the younger ones. And I've actually had several folks since I started this podcast kind of message me about different topics and stuff. And there's a lot of young players and 
and it's a huge reason why I started this. Just, I think there's such a need for this type of information because sometimes parents just don't know what to do and they're just going to, in their, in their mind, their main goal is they want to help. Right. But sometimes they just don't know how. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, parents have the, you know, you know, when you see a parent mess up out there, you know, it's easy for us to critique from the sideline, but when you see a parent and you realize, Oh my God, they're really messing up. But you know, deep down, all that parent wants to do is help. So I think podcasts like this or coaches, you know, helping these parents more on the journey, not just coaching a child is so important. And you've got to really, you know, jump in there and coach the whole family, not just the child. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I want to talk a little bit about just growing the junior game. Obviously, that's a huge focus of yours. Mm -hmm. Um, What kinds of things are you doing to get young players interested in the game and, and keep them interested? Or if they're not, you know, kind of help them find something that they are more interested in. Um, yeah, um, I guess, you know, the first thing I think of is the problem when kids hit high school. Um, we lose a lot of kids, um, especially girls at age 13, 14. You know, they get to high school and they realize, oh, we can play team sports. And, um, you know, vo- you know, so many other sports like volleyball, basketball and whatnot. Sure. Um, so, we, you know, you, you do see, tend to see a lot of... Um, girls leave the sport at that age what we try and do in our program and um, i think what's what's been one of the biggest reasons that we've been successful is you know once you're taking private lessons in our program you also take you the, the ability to take group practices so what we do at the start of the year is we group our girls um based on age and based on ability so let's say if you're practicing monday and thursday at four o'clock you're going to be in a group with four or five other girls who are about your age and they're definitely about your standard of play. So we find, you know, keeping those friendships going and it's a motivation skill-wise, um, we find like that's been a huge factor into um, keeping our girls, um, you know, through those teenage years. Yeah. And the one thing I would say to parents is, you know, especially when you have a child who's 10 or 11 and they're quite good, right? Right. Um, you're thinking, okay, now we're getting down to serious business. We're just doing personal practice. We're just doing private golf lessons. You've got to remember at the end of the day, your child is still 10 years old and need those friendships. So, you know, just because, you know, LPGA girls golf might be more of a fun program for your, for your, for, for girls, you know, even if your child is 11 years old and they're, a, and they're a great golfer, you know, stick them in that once a week, let them still have that, you know, fun side of it. Right, right. And I think that's so, so important. Would you say that, and there's some coaches that listen to this as well. I mean, if you were speaking to them, like what is more important is when you're talking about grouping, is it, is it age or is it ability? Because I've seen some rock star 12 year olds that can hold it with a 16, 17 year old. Right. But yeah. mentally, you know, they're so much younger. The conversations and practice are so much different. Like, talk, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, we're fortunate enough to where we have a big enough program to where we can get age and ability. We can get both those factors covered. And if we weren't a big enough program, I would say um, I would say I would go back to age. Um, again, because the re- you know, one of the main reasons I'm doing these groups is for that social side of it. Okay. 
So again, you will be able to form groups that, you know, they're, they're practicing individually. They've got, they've each got their tasks they're trying to complete. So you can kind of, you can base how hard or easy it is for a child, but they're still going to get that social side of interacting with them, the other girls in the group. Right. So yeah, I that think makes my sense. answer would be age. Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about us kids Yeah. Mm-hmm. for a minute. Um, for those that don't know, can you talk about what us kids is and then, um, uh, you know, some opportunities for, for coaches and players? Cause I know they've got some different programs. Yeah, U.S. Kids, obviously the biggest leader in junior golf. I mean, they take care of tournaments, they take care of coaching, and they take care of equipment. Um, I've worked with U.S. Kids for, for maybe eight years now, and it's been the best thing I've done for my career. And they have so many opportunities out there. But um, I'm, I am involved with them on quite a high level in that I am a U.S. Kids golf coach, and I also run their uh, local tours. So, okay. I run, so I run their spring and fall local tour here in Hampton Roads. I also run their Virginia States and their world championships and stuff like that. So okay. I am quite involved. But, um, you know, yeah, so they do everything. I mean, the, the tournament side of it, they've got age-based um, age-based tournaments. So you're playing against kids your own age. You're playing tee boxes that are um, child-appropriate. For example, my four-year-old niece, she's out there playing in girls seven and under, but the tee boxes are maybe 120 yards. Okay. Par fours. So it's, um, you know, it's a child, a child appropriate yardages. As far as their equipment, they got the best equipment in junior golf and everything is done by size and not age. And um, then on the coaching side of it yeah you can become a u.s kids certified coach that's definitely the best thing i've done for my career and they have so many resources there for it for us to use that's awesome do they do continuing education for coaches as well yeah they just actually they used to have a level one coaching and um, certification they've now just added the level two i haven't actually done it yet but it's it's probably on my plan over the winter time okay okay um you mentioned something about just the yardages when you're talking about the, the tournaments that the kids are playing in with us kids. Can you talk to parents about, or, or just play young players as well on playing the appropriate yardages? Yeah. You know, I think sometimes when you're out on the course, um, kids are trying to, they're struggling a little bit with, you know, where they may tee it up from. I think everybody wants to push it further back sometimes than their ability may allow them to, to be successful at. So can you talk about that some? Yeah, so they age-appropriate tee markers for the tournaments. But going back to what they're doing at Longleaf, I'm not sure if you've ever visited Longleaf. I've not. The Longleaf Golf Club in Pinehurst, they have, um, they've came up with this amazing program there. It's, um, so it's the Longleaf Tee System. And what you do, so an adult or a child, when you go to this golf course, you go to the driving range, and let's say you hit your drive to the yellow marker, which maybe is be 150 yards out well if you're hitting your drive consistently to the yellow marker on that driving range that means the proper tee for you to play today is the yellow tee on the golf course okay and so i thought that was quite cool Um, and i think i would love to see more golf courses adapt adapt to that because it's not just kids that are playing inappropriate tee markers it's definitely um you know it's definitely adults too it's probably a bigger problem with adults than it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been out with some folks that 
want to play it all the way back sometimes that maybe don't have the business being back there but I just don't I just don't understand that like when I go play golf with my dad now I love going to play the senior tees with him I can make more birdies now sure I just don't see why people want to make it harder yeah I know I know I know um yeah so yeah I think it's such a it's an important thing just for you know, confidence, but also just, you know, pace of play in the game is always a big topic. So, you know, making sure you're playing the right tees, um, I think is a, a big piece of it. And, you know, parents often do ask me, you know, well, you know, I want to stretch my kid out a little bit more when we're practicing. And I always say, you know, that's fine. I get the benefits to that too. But what I always say, okay, if you're going to play nine holes with your child and you want to stretch them out a bit, you know, maybe give them five holes that you stretch them out and give them four holes that they're playing their shorter yardage. Sure. Again, it goes back to that confidence, you know, the growth and confidence building. You know, we have to keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk about um, how to introduce kids to golf um, and then just keeping juniors interested? Yeah. Um, so if I had a child that was trying to get into golf, um, so probably the first thing. OK, when I think back to my niece and when I when I started her. You know, she's quite talented for her age. She's four years old, and she is quite talented. I'll give it to her. She is. But you've got to remember that there's still kids. So some days we go to the golf course, and, you know, some days she'll, she'll hit 400 golf balls, and she won't even look over at me, and she'll just keep beating balls. Okay. And some days I'll bring her to the golf course, and she's like, you know, Auntie Shell, I just want to ride the golf cart today. So, you know, when they're that young – You've got to remember, it's really about providing the whole experience for them. It's not just about getting down to skill building. Okay. And that probably goes, you know, even for kids who are six, seven, eight, nine, nine years old. And sure. you've got to provide that whole experience for them. As far as picking a coach, um, I guess I got to give a shout out to US Kids Golf again. As far as choosing a coach, you know, if you go onto the US Kids Golf website and type in your zip code, it brings up all the US Kids certified coaches in your area. So what I always tell parents to do, you know, sometimes my parents move away to different states. And what I always tell them to do, you know, t try two or three coaches out. Your child will tell you who the coach is for them. You right. Know, you've got you've got at least initially you've got to listen to your child and let them pick the coach. There's got to be that um, that interaction, that connection there. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of those important things in a in a coach player relationship at that age? And I guess it all goes back to the fun factor. I mean, okay. you know, it's, it's the personalities matching and, you know, especially when they're young, it goes all goes back to the fun factor. And I guess then as they get a little bit older, you know, coach has to be able to, you know, challenge and motivate that child. And so the, the coaches definitely need to, you know, have that connection too, to where they can, they can help this child grow through motivation and, and you know ch ch challenge that child yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day i think that you know it's just got to be a situation where the coach and the child can have the ability to build a strong relationship and they see yeah. things similarly right yeah um and, you know, and that way they're bought in to, to the system and to the program and that's it like you know i think you know, a lot of parents play golf. A lot of parents don't play basketball or don't. But a lot of parents play golf. And right. they, they think that kids are supposed to love golf, you know. They think automatically kids are supposed to love golf. Whereas kids are just out there and they're just, you know, to them, they're just testing out this game. 
sure. yeah, we have to convince, you know, we have to kind of trick these kids into loving it. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to build that whole experience for the child. At the end of the at the end of the day, the kid has to love it. No matter what level they're going to get to, the kid has to love it. If you're going to get your child to college golf, well, they're still going to practice for four hours a day while they're in college. They've got to love practicing to do that. You know, yeah. they have that motivation to want to do it. If your child makes it to the PGA Tour, they're probably going to need the the passion to want to be able to practice twelve hours a day. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I know. I know Kepka kind of ruined this for all us coaches, but, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I can guarantee other than Kepka, the people who are top on the tour still have that fire and passion and love for the game to want to go practice 12 hours a day. Yeah. 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 I was talking to, I, I've had a couple college coaches on recently and I had uh, Josh Brewer from the university of Georgia women's program on a few weeks ago and he was laying out, you know, what the weekly schedule looks like for one of his ladies on the team. And it was exhausting, right? I mean, it's right. a, it's a full-time, he, he was joking. He said, oh, the NCAA wouldn't like me to say it's a full-time job, but it, you know, it can be, you know, yeah. or similar to a full-time job. So yeah, you've got to love it to be able to put that much time and, and passion and dedication into it. So. And I always tell, you know, parents too of little kids, I can't tell you how many times you have a talented nine-year-old and the parent is like, you know, I just wish they wanted it more. And I always say, look, your biggest job is to get them to age 12, 13, just loving the game, right? right. Maybe they haven't got that drive that we want just yet. But when they get to 13 and 14, if they still love this game, that's the age that they're really going to start taking control of their whole life, you know, many right. aspects of their life but they're really going to start taking control, you know, of their sport. And if they love it at that age, then, you know, we've got a good, we've got a good future ahead. Whereas if you've really pushed when they're eight, nine, and you've kind of taken the joy out of it, well, then we're going to be struggling at 13, 14. Yeah. It's just not fun anymore. Right. It's not fun anymore. And you know what? Can I just say another thing here? I've talked about this for hours, but do it. Yeah. Go back to the fun factor, you know, I know sometimes people look at me and they're like, oh, she's all about fun, fun, fun. Right. But I'm about fun because I am serious about making these golfers good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes people say, oh, it's a fun practice, not a serious practice. No, our fun practices are very serious. Yeah, I mean, literally, you are the 10th guest. So our first single digit episode, um, which I'm pretty happy about. So, um but I bring that up because every person that I've talked to and I've had on, you know, a couple of college coaches, like I said, Josh from the university of Georgia, I had Conrad Rays, the head man, uh, men's coach at Stanford, uh, junior player that's committed to play at Alabama, uh, somebody from the hurricane tour. So I've had a lot of different players, or I mean, sorry, not players, a lot of different guests on the podcast so far. And literally every single one of them has come back to like, what's your last kind of bit of advice? And it's just keep it fun. You know, this is a game that needs to be fun. If it's not fun, you know, why are we playing it, right? Right, exactly. Um, Can you talk to us about tournaments a little bit? Just when do you start getting kids introduced to tournaments and where do you find the right tournaments to play in? You know, that's a big question, too, I always get. Like, I I encourage my kids to play quite young. As I said earlier, my four-year-old niece is playing and girls seven and under. Right. And, you know, some, you know, there is a lot of information out there to say that, kids shouldn't be competing that young but I always say look at there's no harm in kids competing that young as long as the team of adults around them are doing their job correctly 
Ah, what do you mean by that? Meaning how the how the the parent is handling it as the caddy or on the sidelines. You know, I, I I'm going to give an example of my niece here again. She just, she's playing girls seven and under, so she's been shooting in the fifties and sixties. Okay, right, which is pretty good for four years old, right? Sure. So her her dad decided he was going to caddy for her one day, and I thought mm, I don't know if this is a good idea. I just know you know she's kind of <laughs> mess about. So she went out there, and oh, it was a disaster. She shot eighty one. So oh, one wow. day one day she's going to kill me for saying that on end. <laughs> and it's a max of ten per hole, so it probably should have been higher than eighty one. But again, I I can think back to times where I've seen parents of junior golfers react very badly to that they're embarrassed you know they're mad at the child because they didn't focus right but when she came in off that golf course and you know she was as happy as larry i mean she actually said it was the most fun she had at a golf tournament because her grandparents came to watch that day that's awesome so you know me and her mom were her mom her mom is um her mom is a golf coach as well me and okay. her mom were thinking, oh, my God, what's going on out here? And then for, <laughs> for her to come running to us after and say it was the most fun she had had on the golf course, you know, it really just put things back in perspective. Yeah, I imagine. that's um, And that's what you want, right? I mean, obviously, as kids get older and, you know, they start taking the game more serious or getting into it, you know, at a higher level, you know, they are pushing to to win or to play high in tournaments and stuff like that but at this young age like you're talking about four years old it, it just has to be all about having fun yeah and you know I always say you know with the junior tournaments like so I run the the Hampton Roads tour right a couple of points I'll, I'll point out I'm never at scoring I never want to put that pressure on my child on any of the kids okay so okay. if I do bump into them after their round I never ask them what their score was I always ask, hey, did you have fun playing with whoever? And then, you know, in their lesson that week, then we'll talk more about it when they've had time to, to, to digest it all. And the other thing I always say is, I bet if we had no scoreboards at golf tournaments, which I don't agree with, but I bet if we didn't, that the parents wouldn't have the meltdowns that they have. Because they wouldn't yeah. have to. Because I really think sometimes when parents go to a scoreboard and their child hasn't played well, a lot of the meltdowns that are having is because they're embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, and I can sad, see that. And it's sad that that has to go back on the child. Yeah. Even when your child is a competitive golfer, like when I think of my 14, 15-year-olds who are very competitive, and when they have a bad day, you know, mom and dad need to leave it alone. Those kids are tough enough for themselves. They don't need me sure. or mom and dad being tough on them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I interviewed um, a kid named Cannon Claycomb who's going to play golf at the University of Alabama. And he placed second in the junior PGA this year, 21 under par. So had a really strong week. And then he went up to play the Canadian Am, or Canadian Junior Am the following week and didn't even make the cut. So we were talking about that on our podcast. And he's just got a super strong mental game. I think he's very mature for his age. Um, but he just he just had to shake it off. And it was just one of those things where he's like, Hey, I just had a bad week, you know, yeah. and I've, I've got to just move on because, and that's one of the top players in the country, you know, taking that type of approach, which I think is a, a really big lesson to learn for some of the younger players that are out there too. Oh, for sure. I mean, you look at the top players in the world, what they say, the top player in the world is probably going to win 20% of the time on the tour uh, in, in a particular year. Right. 
And, you know, you look at Cole Certs, I think it's Cole Certs, I think I'm saying the name right, the guy who won the French Open last week. Right. And if I read correctly, I think he'd missed nine cuts and then he won. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, you look at some of the, the guys and gals that are, you know, gaining LPGA or PGA status for the first time and they've been out there, you know, grinding for years, right? And, and finally it makes it. But to get to that point, um, you know, you've got to, be able just to keep moving um, and keep shaking off the bad ones and focusing on the positive things, uh, the ones that'll move you forward, right? Exactly. Well, again, going back to the fact that we're trying to raise strong-minded athletes, you know, athletes who can let things go on the golf course. That's the biggest thing you need to do as a golfer is move forward, let them go. Mm. So when you're a parent of a child athlete, that you know, you got to instill that young. They got to see you letting it go. Yeah. So when you say... You, you said something about you never ask your players what they shot immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. Why is that so important? What does it uh, do when you ask them that? Uh, I think it basically goes back to I don't want them to feel like golf is who they are. I don't want them to feel like golf and a score represents everything they are. I want them to golf to be something they do and something that they have big goals in. But I don't want their whole identity to go back to what score they shot this week. Okay. Okay. Um, can you give some parents, I know you mentioned a couple of things, but could you give some parents maybe some good questions to ask their kids after they get done playing and maybe didn't have a great round? Yeah. Well, like, you know, going back to when I think of some teenagers, teenagers are quite tough on themselves and they get so wrapped up in that score and everything's about that score. And you would love to just shake them sometimes and say, look at, enjoy this game. again we have to instill that young so they've got to appreciate this game for everything it throws at them the good and the bad right so they have to find joy in not only whether they played good or bad but um you know their their day on the golf course meeting new friends or whatever um i know some parents might say oh that sounds silly it all goes back to the score and the competition but you know really they have to find good in every day we did we don't introduce our kids to to sports just for the glory moments right we introduce them because we know there's going to be a lot of tough life lessons in it so we, we have to appreciate this game as coaches and parents we have to appreciate those bad days as, as much as we appreciate the good days um so you know when when kids come in you know I, I often ask them hey did you learn anything out there today did you have fun playing with sarah and um, you know did you have fun with your mom or dad you know, just, just stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just questions that kind of just don't focus on the result itself, but more the experience of the day, I would guess you would say. Exactly. And then, you know, and then get off the top of your golf, talk about something else. Okay. But they okay. really need to learn that it's not all about that score. Like, you, yeah. like I might be thinking about the score and I might be, you know, in my brain thinking, oh, my God, what do we got to work on this week and whatever. But I'm not letting them know that. Sure, sure. No, I think that's great advice. Um, <clears throat> as we move towards wrapping up, I wasn't planning on talking to you about this, but it just got me thinking, um, you know, because I've had some college coaches on recently and because you've had the experience of playing internationally and then coming to an American university can you talk through a little bit about what your international recruiting process was like? I know you're a top level player, so you probably had some attention on you, but what did that, what did that look like? Yeah, well, 
again, that's many moons ago. So that's way back <laughs> when. Okay. So it is very different now. So I don't know how valuable my experience will be. Okay. But, you know, when I see it now, it's, 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 it is quite tough for kids to, to, to get recognized now. So from what I remember of it, um, my coach back home, he contacted a bunch of coaches out here. And another, and another girl played for Campbell University, another Irish girl. And I think kind of through our friendship, that was my connection to the coach. So I feel, you know, when it comes to that international recruiting, having someone that's gone before you from your country has played, you know, at least it did back then. It played a huge role in it. Okay. Yeah. And I think that still holds true. But it's funny, you know, as far as the paperwork, all that kind of stuff, I don't remember any of (laughs) that stuff. But again, it was a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not that long ago. Um, (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you joining. I want to kind of give you a a minute or two, if you would, um, any kind of last things that you'd like to share with this audience or anything else that you want to touch on before we part ways? Um, I don't think anything new. I think, you know, just speaking out to parents again, the two things I will go back to is it really doesn't matter how your child performs today, but how you react to it has every bearing on their future. And then the other thing is the greatest gift you can give your child is the ability to play without fear on the golf course. Awesome. I love it. Thank you very much for joining me today, Michelle. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me. Nice chatting. All right. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I really appreciate you joining us for episode 10 of Junior Golf Keys. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Michelle Holmes. Um, I had a really good time talking to her. I think she brings a ton of value to the space, uh, specifically for, for young players and for parents, you know, who are just looking for advice on, you know, how to help their children uh, navigate the junior golf space and just how to be good parents and good coaches and a good support system for the young players. So if you guys took a lot of value away from this, um, even a little bit of value away from it, please share it. Please leave a review. Um, really want to put it out there so that other people have a chance to listen to this. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe uh, to the podcast so you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests that we have coming up. Uh, Really excited for where this show is going, and I appreciate all of your guys' support. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.